0: Apple's new M2 Pro is here, and we've had our hands on it. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we talk about the performance of the new chip, our experiences with the new Macs, and whether you should run out and buy the new Mac Mini or MacBook Pro, or if you should wait for something better to come along. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. I'm Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Last week, we talked about the news of the new Mac Mini and the new 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pro. On Monday, we posted our reviews of those two products. So on today's show, we're going to dive a bit deeper into these two new Macs and talk about our experiences. Uh, Jason did the review of the M2 Pro Mac Mini and I did the M2 Pro MacBook Pro. And since those both have the M2 Pro, maybe we should talk about the chip first, and then we can dive into the specific Macs.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, uh, For our Mac configs, you had the 16-inch MacBook Pro with the M2 Pro, but it was like the full M2 Pro, not the one with the less GPU, right?
0: Correct. It's the... 12 core and 19... And 16 gigs of RAM.
1: CPU. And how much storage?
0: Uh, mine had actually 32 gigs of RAM and it had a oh. 2 terabyte. It has a 2 terabyte. Okay. So SSD. I had the
1: 16 gigs of RAM 1 terabyte SSD and we both had the full M2 Pro because the entry level one is like less GPU cores. That's the... Well,
2: uh, 10, core, cheaper, 10 but, core versus 12 core.
1: Yeah, yeah two GP, two fewer CPU cores and three fewer GPU cores. We didn't test that version. We tested the full chip.
2: The the 16-inch doesn't uh, – you can't get the lesser CPU, only on the 14-inch ah, for whatever reason.
1: Okay. Yes. Um, so, the chip. The chip is – Apple's numbers where they basically said 20% better CPU, 30% better GPU is more or less in the ballpark. Right. It kind of depends on what you're running, of course. That's a pretty reasonable estimate. I think most things you run, most things you run, don't isolate one or the other, especially when you're talking about the kind of things you buy a more expensive system for <laughs> and And you can expect somewhere in the neighborhood of a fifteen percent of performance improvement overall that's that was kind of my my take. It has the new the neural engine that from the a e fourteen. Or 15, whatever. But the next neural engine, which was like a jump from 11 billion or 11 trillion operations to 15 trillion, a 40% improvement. There's no real way that we can isolate and test that right now. I never got any kind of fan to spin up in any way I could hear running anything. And it just runs full speed. And yeah, it's the CPUs, you know, 15, 20% faster. GPUs, maybe 20, 30% faster, depending on what you're running. It's a nice upgrade. There's really nothing else particular about the chip, anyway, that that you need to know, except that hey it's a, it's, good, it's a good little bump.
0: Yeah, my test, most of the time it was a 20 percent CPU increase. sometimes it was around 16, 17 18. Yeah. sometimes it was around 25, but for the most part, it was about it was 20 percent. similar thing with the graphics.
1: There, there's no significant new GPU features like ray tracing or anything. there's no uh, they didn't change the memory bandwidth that is still 200 gigabytes a second on the pro and 400 on the max. The new chip has some changes to how things are cached and stuff so that, that, that can help. I'm sure they run at different clock speeds, which is always hard to kind of determine on the Mac. If in terms of efficiency, did you find battery life improved or
0: like, like you said, I have the 16 inch MacBook pro mm-hmm. Apple States, a 22 hour battery life with a uh, video playback. I got a whopping 27 hours. Wow. Now, the thing is, we do our test at like 150 nits. I think they do – Apple does their test a little brighter. They call it, I think, eight clicks above the bottom.
1: Yeah, they they do it like a percentage of the brightness bar, which is not a good repeatable number to me (laughs) from one system to the next.
0: Like the video that we play, it's a little dark, so it doesn't push the brightness a lot. Yeah. So it you know so it all depends on like the kind of video you're playing and stuff. Like and for a while there, I almost thought, is this thing ever gonna get battery ever (laughs) gonna die? And how long am I gonna have to stay up (laughs) to to make sure that (laughs) I I catch? How does that
1: compare to previous MacBooks? Do do we have the 14 or the 16 with the M1?
0: Well, that's the thing. I have the 14 with the M1, and I think Mm -hmm. I got something like. Twenty-three hours yeah. or something. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard to compare because the battery sizes are different. But that also kind of met or exceeded Apple's battery life estimations. Apple always plays it a little conservative when they talk about their battery life, or they do now. Yeah, I think in the past, <laughs> you, in the past, you were able to get. Uh, shorter battery life, didn't they? Went but that was a long time ago. Now they're it's also
1: sort of putting their best foot forward to do video playback because that is they have video decoding hardware in the CPUs. The the CPU and GPU cores, the main cores, are basically idle the entire time. And all you have is a video decoder running, which is very energy efficient. So, you're going to get less. You're not going to get 22 hours doing regular stuff like browsing the web and video editing and all this other you – know, you know, you're know, you going to get considerably less. But it's still, that's pretty great battery life overall. Like, it's an efficient display. It's an efficient chip.
2: Yeah, and you could basically use it for the entire day of – like a work day or whatever you're doing and not worry at all about, you know, charging your battery until you're done.
1: Yeah, certainly the 16-inch, like if you're – you buy that to do stuff like video editing and stuff. You need that big display, you've got a big uh, – and you can do that for a good 8 to 10 hours for sure, you know, <laughs> without running out which is pretty great, you know, instead of running Final Cut or something.
0: Yeah, you don't even have to like have second thoughts about maybe like performing a render while you're on battery life. Yeah, You know, if exactly. you on the road.
1: Yeah, well, like, is this going to last 30 more minutes while I do this big 4K render with a bunch of edits and stuff like that? It's like, yeah, yeah, don't even worry about it. Just do it. Get your work done on the plane, whatever.
0: What we got from the CPU, I think it, it's, it, it's pretty much what we expected. It, it's, it's a bump. It's a speed bump over the- It's a energy.
1: perfectly nice bump. It's
2: not new features. Based on your experience with uh, Intel speed bumps on a, on a MacBook or a Mac Mini or whatever you want to compare it to, how does this release compare with what Apple was doing before Apple Silicon?
0: From my experience, in recent history, Intel speed bumps were about 15 to 20% what we're, what I'm seeing with the Apple's max speed bumps is that you're getting about twenty percent, but some oftentimes you'll find in some benchmarks that you're getting more, like i said twenty five percent sometimes, maybe even thirty in some benchmarks Where there was Intel it was often twenty was the high mark, yeah usually around twelve to fifteen percent of an increase
2: so like the ceiling has become the floor, basically
1: yeah. It's a little bit odd because back in those Intel days, there would be an update, an unceremonious update almost every year. It was a 4680Y and now it's a Core i3 uh, 5680Y or something. It'd just be some little thing. And like you said, you'd get 10 to 15% improvement, but it'd be every year. We're kind of not on an every year cadence with these M chips yet. And we don't really know where we're going to be because this is only the first jump. This is only M2. <laughs> Once we get to like M6, we'll know like how often they do these things. But like this is only the first major update, and we don't really know what the cadence is going to be, but it hasn't been every year. The other side of it is in the last two years since Apple's been not updating. They they've been selling Intel products, but they haven't updated them. <laughs> and they're very old, which we'll get to in a minute, because that's where I that's the Mac Mini I reviewed was the replacement. Intel has made some really big strides. Intel and AMD kind of got embarrassed, I think, by the M2. I mean, the M2, the M1 in the energy efficiency game, in the like thin and light laptop, high energy efficiency segment. They kind of got embarrassed by them, and they've really made that the focus of the last couple products. But those don't exist in any Mac.
0: Well, Jason, maybe you could speak to this more because you're more familiar with the AMD Intel chips. You know, Apple has things like video decoders, and the neural engine in their chips. I know AMD recently just revealed an AI component to their chips. Does does Intel and and AMD offer anything like that with their processors?
1: Not in their consumer stuff right now, although it's coming. What they do is their GPUs are capable of, uh, let's say, running in a mode That is better for the machine learning stuff, but then you're not using them for graphics (laughs) work. So you're taking away from that. And it's still not as fast as a dedicated, these dedicated like AI inferencing hardware, which is why they're doing it. Uh, And they're starting off putting that in some of their, I don't want to get the AMD announcement wrong. I think it's starting in some of their high end like server chips and stuff. And then it's, is It'll move to the APUs, which is like the combo CPU-GPUs that they have in all their systems shortly. Intel and everybody else is expected to follow suit because this is getting to be just a part of regular consumer hardware. The, the hardware you use to train AI models is big-time hardware. We're talking huge server racks. You need tons of RAM. You need big GPUs once you make the model the server the hardware that you need to run it which is what they call inferencing that's what uh, apple's neural engine is we're expected to see that kind of in everybody's stuff coming forward nvidia has that in their gpus right now and it can be used for things like stable diffusion and they use it they have a lot of software to do things like noise reduction on your recordings and all this other stuff they don't make processors and they don't make combo CPU GPU. So you kind of have to get like a laptop with an NVIDIA GPU separate in it and just get to get that. It's, it's going to be everywhere. I don't have a good sense for what the performance stack up is for Apple Silicon versus everybody else's because they're just some number about trillions of operations per second is useless in measuring like a real world. <laughs> How how fast does it really run this AI model? Because the AI models aren't the same. You're not doing the same thing. It's very hard to test. I'm curious to see because that's gonna become an important component of these chips.
2: What uh AMD unveiled at CES. Mm-hmm. So it's in the Ryzen 7040 series, the uh the AI engine. Yeah. Which is for laptops and They didn't really get into uh, performance at all, but the big thing is power efficiency and they did say that it's going to bring up to 30 hours of battery life in laptops. Yeah. I mean, Apple is delivering 22 at the low end in its ultra 16-inch, you know, M1 Max, you know, high-performance laptop. Like, I don't know if that's what this is. But it's definitely clear that Apple has gotten quickly the attention of Intel and AMD and the rest of the industry and just – it's only been two years. And they like everyone is like okay, so here's what we're gonna do now. It's amazing how, at the risk of sounding like a cheerleader or a fanboy, like whenever Apple does something in a real way, like there's like a seismic shift shift that follows. Uh, it's very interesting with these Mac chips how, in a very short time, we're only on the second gen. Like everyone is, for one, noticing, and be you know really changing their strategy to to kind of
1: compete. And to me, um, M2 is the l- the least interesting way they could have done an update because it's the same manufacturing process, basically. It's the new, it's an updated version of the five nanometer process, but it's still a five nanometer process. They didn't go to three. There's not a major improvement to the CPU core architecture. There's not a major update to the GPU core architecture. They're just more cores and higher clock speeds enabled by slightly updating the manufacturing process and some tweaks to caches and something. I there's tweaks here and there, but this isn't an architectural change and that's not a major step in the manufacturing process. M3 is expected to be at least the, step, the jump to three nanometer, which gives you 40% more transistors to play with, and maybe a new GPU core architecture, a new CPU core architecture, who knows. But like that'll be an interesting jump and I'm curious to see what happens when, if and when they make a different sort of neural engine architecture, because they've been basically just kind of bumping up the clock speeds <laughs> and core counts. They haven't, you know, from the first one they did in the iPhone to the, the second one or something was like a big leap. And then they got higher clocks, but when are they going to do 100 trillion operations a second or something? Like, where's where's the next big... Like step change in those in the AI processor, it's gonna it's coming at some point. You talked a little bit about the dedicated AI decoders. Uh, I should also mention while we were talking about video decoders and stuff, those don't appear to be changed at all in these M2 Pro and Max. There are still they still encode and decode the same formats. There's no AV1 notably, which is in all the latest NVIDIA. AMD and Intel GPUs. And there's in the in the Pro, you have one video encoding engine. In the Max, you have two. Uh, same as with the M1 versions. They're probably clocked a little higher, just like the whole rest of the chip is. So if you run some benchmark, it's probably going to perform a little better. Caching's probably better on which will help all your video encodes and stuff, but not a not a change there as far as we can see. And and they're kind of falling behind because everybody else is kind of on board with this AV one shift. And where's Apple? If I'm going to make a prediction, it's going to be this: the A sixteen. What what are we going to have this year? Is that the next one? The next, iPhone uh, seventeen. A seventeen. A seventeen and the iPhone sixteen. Right. Yeah. Uh, the- How is that confusing, Jason? <laughs> the the A seventeen don't have AV one video encoding. But they won't call it out like that. They'll give it some stupid Apple branding name, uh, just like they kind of did. They kind of did with HEVC, right? It was H.265 or something like They marketed it as your photos will be higher quality and take up less space. And they're going to do that with video, and it'll be an AB1 encoder. And we'll see it in the iPhone this year. That, that's my guess. So the chips.
0: Nobody goes out and buys chips. We all go out and buy Macs.
1: So, Jason, you looked at the Mac Mini. It's probably the biggest leap because this is replacing. They, there's a regular M2 Mac Mini, the not Pro or Max version. That's an update to the M1 version we had, and that's it. Got a price cut of a hundred dollars. It's now what four ninety nine, instead of $599. five ninety nine. Five five ninety nine five ninety nine instead of six ninety nine. It was six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. So it's got a hundred dollar price cut and pretty much the same, you know, RAM and storage stuff. And that's great. Uh, do beware that just like the MacBook Air that got the M2, apparently the 256 gig version has slower storage speeds. They went with one 256 gig flash chip instead of two 128s and it cut this performance in half. Once you upgrade it to 512 or higher, you're good but that hey that got a price cut and that's great but that's we've seen the M2 before the M2 Pro version starts at 1299 and is the replacement for the old Intel Mac mini which was still kicking around as of last week yeah
2: <laughs> and, for 1100 bucks and with no reason to even consider like looking in its direction
1: yeah that that has been around since 20 2018, 2018 yeah uh and with no
2: processor upgrade whatsoever
1: and and yeah and the and the processor uh in it wasn't even that new when that came out it was so it's like an eighth gen laptop version core i sevens and stuff from intel, which just forget i mean don't even compare it to the m one the the basic m one like the it's just not even close it's not it, what are you what are they even doing here? <laughs> We've always scratched our head. Why are you still selling this? Like even once they got the M1, once they got the M1 Pro and Max, it's like, well, why are you still making this at Mac Mini? Are like, you still making this Intel Mac Mini? Well, they corrected that, and now we have it this. Made no sense. Um, but it's two hundred dollars more. What do you get for two hundred dollars? Well, more. Well, obviously a lot more performance than the old Intel version. But that's not saying much. Yeah, the M2, the, the the vanilla M2 is faster. Would crush it. Yeah, just absolutely crush it. Um, so they, uh, it still has four Thunderbolt ports on the back, uh, which is what the Intel one did. It, that's a jump from two on the regular M1 model. The M2 Pro version has HDMI 2.1. The regular M2 version does not. That lets you hook up an 8K TV or. A 4K TV at 240 hertz. Apple does support variable refresh rate. You can hook up three monitors. The the HDMI and two Thunderbolts. It, the more you hook up, the lower the max res goes on the HDMI port. By the way, uh, other than that, they haven't updated anything about the device. It looks exactly the same.
2: Identical. Well, they they took away the space gray.
1: <laughs> yeah, which was it's a dif-
2: differentiator before.
1: It's just silver. Uh, it's Yeah, it's just silver. There's no colors. There's no, it's the exact same size. There's no, I really was hoping they would put the ports on the front like they do on the Mac Studio. It has two USB C ports and the SD card slot. They don't have that. Not only is it the same since 2018, honestly, that 2018 model hadn't really changed since 2011. I think it's 2011, something like that. 2010. Like all they did was turn the Thunderbolt ports. Vertical instead of horizontal, like it's really, it's really the same Mac Mini. They really could have used any sort of design change here. It's yeah, not like, a bad it's like design. It's just yeah,
2: it's a it's a very nice design. But when you get a new Apple product, specifically Apple, like you want something, some reason to buy it other than what's inside it. And we understood with the M1 version that okay, this is just a showcase for the chip. We understand. But after the MacBook Air got its M2 redesign, and then they delayed or rather just didn't do the Mac Mini for eight, eight months or six months, whatever it is, seven months, and then nothing. It's like, well, here it is that you should have gotten last June, but here it is in January, and it's what you – it's the same
1: thing. It's the same thing. And and after they put ports on the front of this Mac Studio, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're willing to put ports on the front, for which, which messes up your whole beautiful, clean aesthetic. But is incredibly user friendly, <laughs> I'm like, oh, if they're willing to do that, maybe we'll get that on the mini. No. So we saw the colors in the iMac? No, none of that, like
2: or even like midnight, like if it if it came in midnight, people would have flipped out. <laughs> yeah,
1: midnight. <laughs> like sunlight, that's it. Yeah. That's all you have to do.
2: <laughs>
1: so yeah, it's a little disappointing that they did nothing on the design. It's a little disappointing that it got a two hundred dollars price jump. I mean that gap between five ninety-nine and twelve ninety-nine is huge.
0: There is a seven ninety-nine model, but that's just a it's just SSD a upgrade. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: right. And you can and that that twelve ninety nine version is a cutback version of the M2 Pro. To get the full M two Pro is another three hundred dollars. Right. So and and to if you to get the model we did, which is that plus uh, an SSD upgrade. From five twelve to one terabytes, like eighteen hundred dollars, well, now you're in spitting spit and distance of a Mac studio at two thousand dollars and, and kind of that's a better idea. So they're filling in a gap for sure. they finally got rid of a an intel based Mac that they really should have stopped selling a long time ago <laughs> that all that's good, but the the value's not there because starting price is a little too high, and their upgrade pricing is ridiculous. Like, what you pay to get more RAM, more storage.
2: It's consistent with the other products, but it's ridiculous for – specifically for this one because once you start building it, then you start butting up against the Mac Studio and it's like, well, why not just get a better one? Right. (laughs) You know, it's better in every way. Yes, it has an M1 Max instead of an M2, but it's still – the M1 Max is still better or equal to, at the very least, the M2 Pro in the mini. So – It's just—it's a very strange pricing. Like if it came in at ten ninety nine, that's awesome. Yeah, but it's just—it's a couple hundred dollars too high. But this
1: is like Apple does this. Even if it started at twelve ninety nine, and its upgrade pricing for the for RAM and storage was a little more down to earth, you could do those things and end up at fifteen sixteen hundred, and still have this big gap between that and the studio. As it is, yeah, I, I feel like yeah you either spend less than fifteen hundred dollars on this the entry level model. maybe you get a storage upgrade or you just get the Mac studio, the entry max studio, which has thirty two gigs. It's the m one right now, but it's thirty two gigs of RAM. It's got a beefier GPU. They probably a wash on the GPU because it's the cut down m one max, but it's got more cores and the, and the m two is faster GPU. so like they pretty even probably (laughs) Uh, you get two video encoders and stuff. Like you just, you get ports on the front and all that stuff. Question for
2: you, Jason. Um, Why does the Mac studio need, like, I understand the ultra and I, maybe that's why, maybe they did did it just to be um, consistent, but like, why does it need that cooling element when the Mac mini, which has a pretty similar processor now
1: doesn't? It doesn't quite have the same processor. It's the studio is a max or ultra.
2: Right. But so if the you compare the M1 to Max, Pro. which has that that aluminum cooling, which is pretty, pretty hefty. Yeah. Versus the M2 Pro with uh 19 cores. Like it's they're in the ballpark. I can't imagine that the, the Max Studio gets that much hotter, but
1: maybe it does. It it's kind yeah. of twice the GPU size. Um and it it it's where you're looking at the last step of tsmc's manufacturing process so um but yeah they they built it out they built the size for the mac studio but if i remember the teardowns correctly if you bust open a mac studio with an m1 max it has a different cooler on it than the one in the ultra
2: yeah, the ultra, I think, is copper and and the um, uh the one of the max is aluminum, if I
1: remember correctly. So and you're also getting double the base RAM and stuff like that. So it's it's meant to be able to cool, you know, 128 gigs of RAM and more storage and you know, because RAM gets hot. <laughs> so they're just I think they're just expecting well, we had to build a sort of one solution that's gonna cool, at least with the M1 Max, a high-end version of this M1 Max where people are running final cut all day and yada yada um whereas maxing out a mac mini is less i think than that would be
2: okay i get that all right last question for you which do you prefer visually the mac mini or the mac studio because you have both
1: i think i think i like the studio better It did uh, i'm not bothered by oh my god it has ports on the front like, like,
2: I kind of like the ports on the front. It gives it a little bit of character.
1: The Mac Studio is exactly the right height to be a monitor stand for Apple's okay. monitors That's, that do not go yeah. up and down and are always too low. Like, like everybody you know with a Mac monitor has a couple of reams of uh, paper mm-hmm. under it or something, right? Or, or yeah, and even, there's a, the, even
2: the iMac, people used to do that. Yeah, a phone book from
0: 1990.
1: Yeah, yeah. any iMac or Mac or, or Studio Display or anything, they tilt, but they don't go up and down. And for, for some reason, and their default height is too low. You, it's not ergonomic to look down at right. a tilted up screen like that. So there's an entire aftermarket of like stands and stuff, and the Mac Studio is just the right height for that. A Mac mini is not. So You, you literally have your
2: studio I display l- sitting on top of your Mac.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. And it looks. That's awesome. It looks pretty okay. good. Uh, it, it almost I'm, looks I'm like sold. It And it's yeah. the right height. And I uh, got my ports right in the front. I take up almost no desk space. It's great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I prefer the studio, I think, design wise. it's And it's still so compact. Like if you're talking about having it on your desk, vertical height. Yeah. Of a few extra inches is not. They're the exact same right, right. dimensions in terms of taking up dust space. The, the right?
2: depth, the the width, and the length. The
1: width the exact. Well. You put one on top of each other. I think they'd line up within a millimeter. I, I honestly do. Yeah. So now there is a cottage industry of people who have Mac minis in server racks, like these special racks where they just slot them all in, <laughs> stacked up. And they're going to love being able to get M2 Pros in there and use them for their you know, render farms or whatever they're doing.
0: I remember one day used to actually sell a Mac mini server configuration went back when they had OS 10 server.
1: Yeah. They yeah. Sure. It was, so, sure. Put in yeah. OS 10 server on it. Yep. Well, I remember when they used to sell Apple rack servers, like, so it was it to you or something for a rack that you run. Yeah. Next, yeah, next now you just
2: put the Mac Pro sideways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. But that's meant to be a consumer. Those aren't really meant to be... Um, they're meant to be rack mountable, but they're still consumer products. They don't run a server OS or anything. That's just over. People just run Linux on those servers. And it's, it's fine.
0: Uh, and so, I looked at the 16-inch MacBook Pro and... The thing about that laptop is that everything new about it, really, except for maybe three, except for three features, happened a year and a half ago in yeah. 2021.
2: Yeah, it was a massive. That was a massive. Upgrade. Yeah, the the first Apple Silicon MacBook Pro.
0: There was a redesign with a new display. The Touch Bar went away. That has continued on with the M2 Pro. The only major upgrades are the HDMI that Jason mentioned, Wi-Fi 6E, and Bluetooth 5.3, which is also on the M2 Pro Mac Mini, right, Jason? It's on
1: all the Mac Minis. The, the Wi-Fi oh, and is the on Bluetooth the update is on both of them. You're not going to notice anything with that Bluetooth update right now. Uh, they used to have Bluetooth 5, 5.3, add some stuff that Apple's not doing anything with right now. <laughs> So I call it future-proofing, maybe. But Wi-Fi 6E, it's a nice uh, a bit of future-proofing for your next home router or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, because you need a Wi-Fi 6E router to take advantage of that. Yeah, of course. Of that. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, be, if, if you already have an M1 Pro laptop, those are the three reasons why you would want to upgrade. And maybe for
2: you, that's Enough. Well, you, in your review, you kind of recommended it in a roundabout way that if you do care about displays, if you do care, you know, that it's not a terrible upgrade, even though it's, you know, $3,000 <laughs> or whatever.
0: Yeah, because there are some professionals who have, you know, particular display setups and they want that, you know, they want the HDMI, the better support in the HDMI. Uh, so, that might be worth it for some particular pros who have the money to burn for that. So, I mean, if they're running those kind of displays, they probably have the money to buy a new laptop again after sure. a year. Yeah, and right? If half. you have an AK
2: display running, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, if you're doing that kind of professional work where uh, your time is money, like the fact that it's ten percent faster at some render or something is, uh, you know, that's going to shave an hour off your day every day. Like, that's going to pay for itself in six months, and for, you know, everyday users, like your Mac Mini buyer, like, that's not really you. (laughs) Yeah,
0: professional scales are different. You know, a a video render for me is not the same as a video render. Yeah, going, (laughs) going a
1: lot faster is like 20 seconds. Faster. And and for them, you know, it's a big project that's like a four cutting a four hour render down to a three and a half hour render is like a huge deal. It saves a lot of time, right?
0: So as far as recommending the 16 inch laptop, it's funny because I'm trying to struggling to find something to say because it's really just a speed bump. But it's a good laptop. It's a really yeah. good laptop. I love this laptop. I use it and I'm like, oh. It's really nice. It it feels very luxurious. I feel almost guilty using it because because it's just such a darn nice
2: laptop. And (laughs) Uh, you had the fourteen inch. Uh, What do you? What's the comparing the two? It's only two inches. What's the? What's your thoughts on that?
0: See, I have a bias towards large laptops. For the longest time, I used to use a 17-inch MacBook Pro back when they had 17-inch laptops. The, the
2: cafeteria tray.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they affectionately called it the cafeteria tray. And, um, but then they discontinued it, so I used 15-inch laptops. And that's fine. But then I got this... I didn't actually look at the 16-inch M1 Pro Max laptop when it came out. So when I got this... 16 inch m2 pro
1: it felt like going Um,
0: home (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a perfect way to put it it felt like going home it felt like going home um there's a lot more flexibility for me in terms of like what i can do with the screen i know it's only two inches but it's just it, it there's just a little bit more especially if you're using apps like final cut where you need every inch of the um Screen real estate because you got mm-hmm. so much going on on screen, and it and it really helps. The fourteen-inch display that that liquid XDR display looks really nice, and I know it's not qualitatively better on the sixteen-inch, but it just feels like it because it's bigger.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's more immersive. Yeah. Um to me, like the difference between a 13, 14-inch laptop and a 16 or so is a 16 is where even like you said, it's just a couple inches, but it's enough space that I'm running things in Windows instead of full screen. Like when I when I use my 13-inch Air or 14-inch Pro, I'm I'm using a lot of maximized windows and I've just got them on different virtual desktops and I'm swiping between them. And and a 16 is like, I'm using it more like a desktop computer. I've got layered windows. I've got windows that aren't full screen and I'm moving them around and it just, yeah, it feels, it's a different feel to me. I just can't stand lugging around a 16 inch laptop. Like, so when I, it, it it's a nice thing to plop on a table and use for a while, but if I have to travel, <laughs> I'm not going to carry that thing <laughs> like that. It, there, it's not that they're heavy for their size. It's just, you know, every little bit of weight really matters. So,
2: yeah, it's, a, you know, three, four pounds, we're talking to, you know, they're, they're not something you could just not notice
1: in your bag. And you're going to
2: know if you're carrying yeah. around a six-inch MacBook Pro.
1: And you've got a bigger power adapter and you've got all this other stuff, you know.
2: Yeah. It's bigger. So,
0: it's a little more unwieldy when you're on the road, when you're traveling around. So, yeah, there's that. There's definitely that. There are even some laptop bags it won't even fit in. So, that, that's definitely a consideration. If you're thinking about buying this laptop and you're just kind of a, maybe you consider yourself a power user, but you're maybe not not a professional, so to speak. I think like any of us, so to speak. You might be able to find a better deal with an M1 Pro laptop. They're still available. You can still find them on Amazon and a lot of them are like $500
2: off. Yeah, Yeah, they've been running sales for a while and... Now they kind of ramped them up, where all of them they're just blowing them out now. And yeah, you can get that sixteen inch one. That's usually twenty four ninety nine for under under two for nineteen ninety nine, which is that's definitely worth looking at.
1: If if you're just going to hook up to a regular TV, like to do a presentation or something, you don't care that it's two hundred forty hertz, or so, you know, or that you need eight K, and uh, and you're you're just doing everyday work browsers and Excel, your big, you want your big Excel sheet on that big 16 inch monitor or whatever. That M1 is everything you need. And they got all the good stuff. Like you said, they got the, the keyboard upgrade and the display and all that other stuff last time. There's no new webcam or any other thing that you need to worry about this time. So for the price cut, you might really be worth, it might really be worth getting the M1 version while they last for people.
0: We have full reviews of the Mac Mini and the 16 inch MacBook Pro on our website. We'll have links to that in our show notes. That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 825. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon.
2: Thank you, sir.
0: And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.